Hey, what's up, guys? Bill Brower here with FMBA Nation. Today, I wanted to talk to you and tell you a little bit about Anchor. It is the podcast platform that we use here for FMBA Nation, and it is probably the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Secondly, there's tons of creation tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also help you with the distribution of your podcast so it can be heard on different types of platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything that you need to make a podcast and more all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to www.anchor.fm to get started. Basically, the theme of, of what we're trying to convey to the membership is um, recognizing and learning what you need to do to take better care of yourself. Right. Because we're so, they're so wired at taking care of everybody else and responding to everybody else's needs. Mm-hmm. But I think what happens sometimes is they may not even recognize what their needs are. Right. Until something unfortunate may present itself yeah and uh we're talking this is bill brower with fmba nation we're coming to you from the february educational convention here at the golden nugget in atlantic city new jersey i've got the uh, privilege and honor to be joined by dr michael bizarro from penn medicine princeton uh behavioral health and uh for those of you that that uh may or may not know dr b uh just a, a, a class act um he is a gentleman and uh, if you have the opportunity and the privilege to talk to him, um, just a wealth of knowledge and information. And, you know, you, you did your presentation earlier today at, uh, at convention. We're talking about um, taking care of ourselves, uh, being resilient and resiliency. And, um, you know, the first responder community, firefighters and police officers, EMTs, dispatchers, uh, the amount of things that we are subjected to and and we see and we experience on a day-to-day basis has such a looming effect on our uh, personal well-being our mental well-being and I think I think one of the problems is is uh, it's hard to identify that sometimes you know it's hard to understand that that these um, stressors and and things, have such an impact and influence on us um, it's hard to recognize it's hard to deal with hard to understand and, and for some people the impact is immediate for mm-hmm. others it's delayed mm-hmm. so it, you know first and foremost when you're a, you're a first responder you don't have the privilege or luxury to allow your emotions to get in the way because you may respond to a horrific scene where you know your responsibility is mm-hmm. saving life controlling the scene and taking command. So, could you imagine if your emotions got in the way of you being able to do that? You wouldn't be able to perform you your job. Yeah. And not only that, but the people that we're serving, they look to you and us to be pillars of strength mm-hmm. to help them through difficult times. And so, you know, whether it's a deserved responsibility or not, it is what it is. And so you're you're you know you're tasked with that responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then, like a switch, you're supposed to flip it off when the event is over and 
move on as if nothing happened. Go home. You know, you have two kids that are going to run to the door and meet you. Your wife is, or your significant other, or whoever it may be, sure. wants to greet you. What was your day like? And the last thing you want to do is you want to talk about the extraction and the the, the child who drowned in a pool mm-hmm. or the kids you couldn't rescue. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I guess the sad part is those are the ones that lead leave the strongest impact not the ones where you rescue not to say that they're not because they are right they're very important Mm -hmm. and traumatic and they can be traumatic even if the outcome is positive absolutely and and i think that fuels us to Mm -hmm. do more it kind of gives you you know just reinforces why you do what you do for a living this is why i you know put that uniform on put that scott air pack on Mm -hmm. you know this is why i do that Mm -hmm. but you're right you know just because it's a a, a rescue or a positive experience doesn't mean you're you're um, you're immune from the trauma that comes with that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I and think sometimes what happens is we don't realize the difficulty of the situation or event until afterwards when we have an, you know, because adrenaline's going. I mean, you're yeah. just, you know, the fight flight response is kicked in. You're ready to do what you need to do, and then mm-hmm. when everything settles down, you know, reality kind of comes in and says, "Wow." What just happened there? Yeah, yeah I mean, your, your body does stress those uh, crazy things to your body, uh, you know, in a positive and negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that separating yourself um, from those stressors and from those experiences uh, is a good and bad thing, right? Because um, when you completely separate, bury it, you know, tuck it away it rears its ugly face and you never know when that's gonna when it's gonna happen the the, and I often say you know avoidance is uh, it works Mm -hmm. temporarily and you're right you don't know when it's gonna wear its head Mm -hmm. you don't know what the circumstances are and typically when it does it's 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 gonna come back with a vengeance Mm -hmm. so there are times when you know we need to use that defense to protect ourselves, mm-hmm. but the key is to revisit and take a look at what just happened there, mm-hmm. um, because it's going to have an impact. Whether it has an impact today, mm-hmm. three months from now, six months from now, mm-hmm. you know, when you when you wake up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep, and you have these vivid images in your mind, that's a warning sign. Something's not right here. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, part of this uh, part of this conversation is is. Uh, awareness right mm-hmm. raising awareness that this is in fact reality for a lot of people um, maybe there's somebody out there that might watch or listen to this and say hey you know what they're right you know I, I, I I've lived this I've experienced this and uh, I don't want to face it or I don't want to deal with it um, what are I, I guess one question I would have for you is um, we talk about recognition um, what are some of the ways that we can what are some of the things that we can do uh, for ourselves we're talking about taking care of ourselves what are some of the things that we can do um, to get past the awareness part of this and really start looking at the um, the health aspect of it and taking care of ourselves um, can you give any kind of recommendations as to what we can do to kind of take care of ourselves in, in this capacity I think one of the uh one of the challenges with awareness is awareness without 
execution or change can be extremely painful. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have this awareness that, um, you know, financially, I'm, um, my life has become unmanageable or physically I'm neglecting my physical self. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can see these things. They're, they're manifesting themselves. The evidence is pretty clear. But yet on some level, I want to put a spin on it because the reality of that is really painful. It also means I now have to do something about it. What I can say to you is that as long as you continue to avoid the very thing that may be causing you the discomfort, mm -hmm. the more likely that situation will continue to manifest itself and worsen over time. Mm -hmm. So as painful as it may be to say, you know what, I looked at our finances and, you know, we're spending more money than I make and it's causing me to have to work on my days off and it's taking time away from my kids and you and the family. Maybe what we need to do is kind of make some changes. And these are some of the, the simple changes that I can make on a, um, with regard to, you know, your, the way you think and, and, uh, because I believe, I'm a firm believer that if you change your thinking, everything changes. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to change the situation, but if I change my thinking about me and the situation, they actually can both change. Right, right. That's a very simple concept, but not a very easy one to, to incorporate. Right. I often say it's very beneficial to bring somebody else into the equation. Now, I don't need a cosigner. I don't need somebody to cosign my inappropriate or unhealthy behavior. What I need is somebody who I can be accountable with who's going to say, hey, Maybe you need to do this, or you know what? When was the last time you had a physical? When was the last time you had blood work done? Mm -hmm. You know, I've noticed in the last, and these are not easy conversations to have because no. people get defensive. Yeah. You know, I've noticed that you gained, you know, 25, 30 pounds in the last three or four months. Is everything okay? Mm -hmm. We don't put ourselves in positions to do things like that because we're concerned with hurting someone's feelings when it could save their life. You know, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, when somebody, uh, you know, when we do a uh, psychological autopsy after a suicide, mm -hmm. you know, we often will say, did anybody ever ask the person if they thought about killing themselves? And, you know, typically what we find is that's a, not a comfortable conversation to have with somebody, so we don't have it. Right. That's not to say if you have the conversation, the, the, the suicide might not occur. But the fact that you ask the question could create a dialogue that could change circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we've struggled. It was brought up today at the, uh, at the convention by um, one of the other presenters about the stigma associated with yeah. you know, coming forward. Mm -hmm. you know, why is it that if you come into the, uh, into the firehouse on crutches, that's okay, but if I'm stuck in my bed with my hands wrapped around my, you know, my face, you know, embedded in my hands because of the call I had the night before and I'm having a really hard time getting motivated, that becomes an issue. Yeah. Yeah, I think the stigma, um, I would say about that stigma, it's, it's, it's progressed, it's gotten, it's gotten better over the years, and I think a lot of the reason is because of this awareness campaign and more and more people are talking about the mental and behavioral health challenges that face first responders and it's becoming more of a of a of an accepted understanding you know it's it's 
I often say secrets live in dark, they die in light. Yeah. So the more you talk about something, the more light's focused on it, the more it becomes acceptable. Yeah. Um, as long as, I, I think there's a responsibility from leadership and administration to sure. support that because mm-hmm. in, in other communities of first responders, there's always been a putative, a punitive mm-hmm. end result to coming forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, as long as it's embraced as, this is an injury. It more often than not, and sure. it's like any other injury. If it's appropriately treated, you heal. Yeah. If you continue to avoid it and act as if it doesn't exist, the condition will worsen. Yeah. And less people will come forward because they're concerned with more about what their colleagues and leadership is going to think mm-hmm. than what they may actually need to do to to help themselves. Yeah. And you know the the organization, the FMBA. Um, you know we've we've taken some strides, some big strides, you know, especially recently with this emergency hotline that was uh, recently, the bill was passed and, and we're in the process of getting that word out and, and utilizing that. Um, and, you know, you've got the critical incident stress team that comes out and does the debriefings and diffusings and, um, you know, that, that component, um, wasn't here 20 years ago, 15, 10 years ago. There was, there was no such thing. I don't think it was here five years ago. Yeah, yeah. When President Donnelly uh, took over uh, the FMBA, he made a commitment to addressing well-being, mental health. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you can just see the initiatives that he's put in place under his leadership to SISM team, under his leadership to peer response team, under his leadership, the hotline occurred. Under his leadership, I was on site and I'm on call. Dr. Tropiano Mm -hmm. is on call. And you know, now this, you know, training peers as part of the SISM team to do their own debriefings. I mean, so you can see over a relatively short period of time how the services and the acceptance have expanded. Yeah. And you know, it's a credit to the leadership. Yeah. Credit to, you know, President Donnelly for having that vision. Right. And and seeing it through. Yeah. I I was I was gonna get to that. I wanted to talk about the services that um that have been added and you're part of those services. Um and having that as a resource, uh, being an FMBA member, um, whether you're a firefighter, an EMT, a dispatcher, um, I think right now is so underutilized by the members. Um, I don't know if it's uh, lack of awareness, not knowing that the program is there. I mean, certainly it's published. We've, we've got the information in the bulletin. We have the information on the website. We're here talking about this, um, you know, and, um, you know, I'm hopeful that uh, those services become more and more utilized by our members because it's, it's, it's important to, um, A, have the awareness, B, make the effort and take the actions uh, and, and, and I truly believe that in speaking with uh, professionals and, and whatnot, that that is part of the healing process. And you're not going to get from point A to point B without that involved. Absolutely. You know, what was interesting about today's uh, educational conference was, um, and you and I know this because we talked a little bit about it the day before when mm-hmm. I was preparing a video. Yeah, yeah. And you had mentioned to me that, you know, Daniel Sundow was going to be here who was the artist that had, you know, actually um, created a lot of the artwork that was in this video. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the privilege of listening to him before I, I presented. And uh, 
it, it was just an amazing um, way of just kind of integrating what he had to say and then seeing this uh, video on the tribute to first responders and how it just kind of really spoke to um, not only the need for mental health services but also the courage that firefighters and other first responders are, are engaged in every day of their life and so we took a look at some of the characteristics of you know what is the consequence of exposure to traumatic events unaddressed versus mm -hmm. what you know what's the antidote to this right mm -hmm. the end you know most people want to run from something we're saying face it as painful as it is face it um, one of the things that we also that I also did in the uh, in the conference today was I asked the membership that was in the audience how many of them knew that I, myself, and Dr. Tropiano were available on-call services. And honestly, I was, I was surprised that not as many people knew. Yeah. Which was a great opportunity to put it, to increase that awareness today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But obviously, some, we need to do a little bit more to get the message out. Yeah. Um, and I think that you doing what you're doing and is, a, is another credit to um, what the FMBA is trying to is trying to do mm -hmm. for its membership. So. Yeah, but it was really a powerful experience today with uh, Daniel's uh, PowerPoint, the video, the segue into what the services are that are available for members, mm -hmm. um, what you can do to improve your well-being, what are the characteristics of somebody who's resilient? Because mm -hmm. you know we often say, why is it that the same event two people could have two different responses to it? You know, mm -hmm. what is the difference in the individuals? The event's the same. Why is it that you're handling it different? Yeah. You know, so those are the kind of things that we learn each day um, on how to improve our services and, and get better at what we do. Yeah. What we do. Yeah. In, in, in this in this light, what what exactly does it mean to be resilient and to have resiliency? Well, I, I guess the quickest and the simplest defini definition that you know I've come across in, in just about everything you read is, in the midst of adversity, to be able to come back stronger. Mm -hmm as a result of what happened to you. Uh, and not to cower from it, but to embrace it and build on it. Mm -hmm. um, resilient people also have a really positive attitude about things. They're flexible, they're not rigid. Um, they're grateful. They, they participate. Mm -hmm. They have relationships that are meaningful. They surround themselves, they surround themselves with a network of people that enhance their well-being. Yeah. And so could you imagine if all you focused on was what was wrong? I mean, just listen to the news. The news focuses on everything that could possibly be wrong. Right. And, you know, by the time you turn the channel off, you really can have a hopeless perspective on what the world is like. Sure. Well, the same, the same works for you if you surround yourself with people who are positive and who have a who are grounded and have a realistic approach on life and spending time with family and friends and enriching their well-being. That's what resilient people are made of. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they don't have their low moments because I often say sometimes it's not so much what happens to you but what you do about it to overcome it. Yeah. Um, pain is a requirement for any growth. Sure. No pain, no gain, right? I mean, that's a, that's an age-old adage. Suffering is an option. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. You know, I recently um, 
I had a personal experience. I recently uh, was on a call, uh, and it had a lingering effect. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I'm the wife of uh, I'm the, the father of, of two young boys. Um, I got a wife at home, and uh, it was it was a tough call. It was uh, you know just a, a difficult uh, situation, and uh, the following day, I had some some emotions, some feelings, uh, you know, you didn't quite process it in the very beginning. Um, and uh, it, it, it really started to rear its head early uh, the following day, you know, and I think that was triggered by uh, coming home, seeing my kids, yeah. you know, the family, and, uh, and it was tough. And it still is to this day uh, difficult. It still comes back every once in a while and rears its ugly head and and I think it's important for um, you know our guys and gals to understand and realize that that it happens to all of us and it's not something to be ashamed about it's not uh, something to um, be embarrassed about mm -hmm. and uh, that, it, that it's important to talk about it and to talk about it amongst each other amongst these you know in, in, in the station environment, um, you know, or non-station environment, maybe go out, uh, get a couple drinks, or sit down, have a dinner, or whatever, and, and and talk about it amongst each other, everybody to experience it. Because, like you said, with the resiliency, you know, some people it affects differently. Yes. So maybe, you know, my input and your input, we both experience the same traumatic event. Um, your feedback and your thoughts on it might be different slightly, or different greatly in terms of the way that I'm thinking, but maybe I can pull something from that Absolutely. and gain something from that. You might be able to gain something from my insight or my feedback on it. So one of the most essential characteristics in any relationship, one of the building blocks is trust. So when you're able to, when you're willing to expose your emotional self to another individual, there has to be an element of trust. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're, you're probably not going to expose that. Right. Um, the fact that, you know, what you went through, the fact that it bothered you, now, you know, we take an abnormal event mm -hmm. or horrific event with a normal response. Because mm -hmm. your response to that is understandable. Mm -hmm. And if it was a young kid, a young child, and you're going home and you have two young children, it's only natural that you would think that, what if this happened to my children? Or yeah. It could have been. or, mm -hmm. And that's just even thinking about that can be extremely discomforting and uncomfortable. You don't want to. Right. We don't want to face that that possibility, but yet we just came from somebody who is about to face that reality mm -hmm. and change their life forever. So I think the fact that you, you know, you got a signal, you talked about it, you're going to continue to talk about it, you're in the solution now. Mm -hmm. If you continue to bury it and not talk about it and think it'll go away without talking about it, then you're feeding the problem yeah so yeah you know but you're right I think that it's it's critical that we put a voice to it mm -hmm. yeah I mean it, it's um, you know what's interesting just kind of backtrack a little bit um, with Daniel Sundahl and his artwork and uh, the video that our listeners watched prior to uh, our conversation here um, the emotions behind those images uh, are just really touching, moving, uh, and and relatable, right? I mean, um, some of them are a little dark, some of them are a little deep, but I think that's what needs to be brought out 
in all of this is that yeah they they look terrible and they look like they're they're really really nasty situations but that's exactly what we're putting ourselves in you know those those um, pictures and drawings were from real events yeah you know and yes that's what you deal with every day when that alarm goes off and you respond you have no idea un until it comes over the radio what you're about ready to get involved in mm -hmm. so uh, yeah and it, even even to that point I don't really think you are you know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're, you're, you have an idea, but you, you don't really know until you, you get there. Until you get there, and, and you don't really even know until well after the fact. Yeah. You know? I mean, you really don't know yeah. what you're getting into. Yeah. You know, even weeks, months, years down You don't the realize this. Sec we call them secondary dangers, right? Mm -hmm. the primary dangers are the dangers you face responding to the work you do. Mm -hmm. The secondary ones are the ones that you, you deal with afterwards. The yeah. depression, the anxiety. Uh, I'm drinking too much or whatever it is that you're doing to avoid the uncomfortability mm -hmm. But you're right. They manifest themselves sometimes quickly sometimes subtly over time, but mm -hmm. but eventually they're coming up Yeah, yeah, what you do with them is critical, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a you know, it's it, the other sad part about this is it's a culmination, right? It's not it's not <clears throat> It's not a short-term thing. It's a long-term exposure over the course of 25 30 years of traumatic events that that are constantly uh, exposing them, you know, being exposed to. And they're reshaping who you are, mm -hmm. how you think about life, and mm -hmm. how you think about yourself. Mm -hmm. The key is, and we told we call that experience cumulative trauma over time. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, just imagining that somebody would be would be exposed to this kind of trauma day in, day out, over a 25-year career, and not get the kind of support and help that could have made a difference right. in the quality of their life. Right. That's concerning. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. honestly, no one gets away. We all fall somewhere on a continuum. Sure. It's going to impact everybody. It's just a question of how and when. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like when the knock on the door happens for you are you going to answer the door or are you going to ignore it yeah yeah well uh doc i i really appreciate the uh the time that we got to spend here talking about this um hopeful that this message uh can do a couple different things right continue to raise awareness uh inform our members of the services that are provided by yourself and um dr tropiano and the, the fmba um, and, and maybe somebody listens to this and connects to it and it makes a difference and they are able to themselves open up and talk about it a little bit more or, uh, you know, reach out and, uh, and get some, some help from these services and whatnot. So I really appreciate you sitting down Thank uh, you. taking a couple of minutes out of your day to talk about this. And uh, I'm hopeful to have you back on and, and talk about some more things that uh, we, can, we can provide uh, informative education to our members. Thank you, Bill. It's been a pleasure. Thank you Appreciate very much. It. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another great episode of FMBA Nation. And stay tuned for some more great content to come. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also listen on the NJ FMBA YouTube channel, as well as Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and the Google Play Store. 
And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the FMBA Nation podcast, please email us at nation at njfmba.org.